Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. I want to approach each day with excitement and flexibility. I don't want to do business frantically. I want to leave room for family time. I want to launch things when the time feels right. I want to have goals that work in my life, but not to build my life around my goals. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher, and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing, numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven-figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. I know the beginning of the year means all kinds of big things. I think this year more than ever before. It's when we evaluate the past 365 days and look at what went well, what needs to change, where we can improve, where we hope to grow, and how we can do better. There's just something that feels magical about a fresh start, even if we know in our logical brains that nothing major is influenced by throwing a new calendar up on the wall. It's this chance to wipe the slate clean and have another go. If you know me, you know I'm not a huge resolutions person per se, but I do see the tangible value in reviewing what went down over the past year and seeing what can shift to make the next one even better. And I love goals. I love goals and vision casting for what's coming up. More than just lines on a page, I want to really have this compelling vision of what I hope the year to come will hold that I can cling to when life hits the fan. If you're listening to this long past the beginning of the year, remember that you can start fresh and begin again any day of the week. But if you're with me today at the dawning of another new year, enjoy the extra sweet and almost magical feelings as we embark on another trip around the sun as a collective. 2020, it was a challenging year for so many. Between coronavirus, lockdowns, at-home work and school, civic unrest, and an unsettled election, there was a lot of trauma and heartache and destruction. And I think it's fair to say that we're ready for this new start, like all of us. I've spent a lot of time these past few months being quiet, 
and still with myself, almost going internal in order to look not only at my own habits and work processes, but also to challenge my belief systems, core values, and how it is that I want to show up in the world. Trust me, when the world is so noisy, it's hard to invite that stillness necessary for real growth. It's challenging, but it's also so rewarding to look at what you're doing right, but also to allow the potential blind spots to be revealed, the things that we might not have noticed before 2020, and to be able to take action on those both on and offline. That's why in 2021, I'm approaching goals a little bit differently. Now on this podcast, the Goal Digger podcast, we've reviewed a lot of different ways that you can set goals. There are scientific ways, ways specific for entrepreneurs. I mean, you've likely heard of smart goals, you know, specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time bound. You probably even heard about those on this show. Just a few months ago, I shared this episode about how to actually achieve your biggest goals, like how to follow through on those things that you're writing down, how setting up daily systems works more magic than just writing down some audacious goal and forgetting about it two weeks later. And oh, by the way, that was episode number 401 if you're looking for a super efficient way to make big moves this year, either personally or professionally. And those goal setting strategies, they're still good and still top of mind for me. There's nothing like mixing the scientific reasoning with our human tendencies. These strategies are important and valid and they work. And yet I'm feeling pulled to a different way to set and measure my goals this coming year. So you want to hear my plan for 2021? Keep on listening. Thanks to Smart Asset for supporting Gold Digger. Smart Asset is an easy, convenient way to find financial advisors in your area. To receive your free personalized retirement planning report, go to smartasset.com slash gold digger. Ready for a website redesign in 2021? You don't need to drop thousands on fully custom design. Use my website secret, Tonic Site Shop Templates. They've created a collection of customizable website templates that are super stunning and wicked easy to update. Save 15% on your Tonic site at jennacutcher.com slash tonic and use the code Jenna sent me when you go and shop. As I enter the year, that will mean I've been an entrepreneur for an entire decade, which is crazy, by the way. I'm leaning into something that I've talked about a lot on this show, my intuition. This year, for me, the way I want to approach goal setting is a little less strategy and a lot more intuition. And while that might sound a little bit wooey, I'm also using the logic-driven principles to help me and my team follow through. After a year like 2020, I think we're all feeling a little drained. We're tired of the uncertainty. We're sore from all the pivots and we're clinging to the things that we can control and white knuckling those. I've said it a lot lately, but I'm really struggling with how to even plan our future when we saw a lot of our plans go out the door with each new revelation of the past year. Now hear me out. I'm an optimist. I'm this positive person who believes that we can glean something from every situation, but I'm also not one to turn a blind eye on the fact that a lot of entrepreneurs are straight up weary, tired, and worried. The last thing you want to hear is that you can just name a goal and claim it. Like life doesn't always work that way. 
For me personally, I've really struggled with planning this year because there are still so many unknowns, specifically in our personal lives. I've been quite open on this show with our journey to grow our family. And as we embark on the next chapter of hopefully expanding our family even more, it's brought up a lot of past trauma with our losses and a lot of worries and fears for me. Our fertility journey thus far has reminded me the need to trust in God's timing and to surrender my plan and my expectations. And Conley is evidence that all of those things are real and true. Maybe I'm being a little too honest here, but as a CEO and a mom and someone who hopes to get pregnant in this next year, it's a lot to weigh. And the what ifs can make it really hard to get plans on a piece of paper. I promise I'll share more about my goal setting process in just a second, but I think it's really important I stay here for just a few more minutes because it's something we don't really talk a lot about as women in business. As someone who loves a calendar and a good quarterly goal, I found myself mentally planning a pregnancy and wondering, will I be sick the first 20 weeks like I was with Coco? Will travel be a thing again? How will these deadlines work with a maternity leave? And behind all of those questions lies the biggest ones. Will I be able to get pregnant and stay pregnant? I know I'm not the only one who has had all of these thoughts, especially as someone who loves to plan. So I just want you to understand why I'm not attacking this year with a list filled with smart goals and a sparkly new planner. My ultimate goal isn't a number on a page or in my bank account. It's not an award or an accolade. The biggest goal for me would be creating the space and preserving my energy to be able to sustain a pregnancy and to make Coco a big sister. And so everything else just feels secondary to that goal right now. As we venture into this new year as a community, there are some questions that we can't answer looking ahead, which is why this year I want to lean more on my intuition and trust in my ability to pivot and be fluid as my dreams and my situation shift and as the timing unfolds. All of this to say, if you've been feeling all the feels over the last few months to a year, regardless of if you want to grow your family or your business, or you've been pulled deeper within yourself to evaluate not just what might be perceived as external symbols of success, but also those internal markers for how we're doing in our spirits and in our souls, then maybe this approach will resonate with you too. So my approach for goals this year, it's a little statement I like to call peace over profits. Let me first illustrate this with a story. I remember so distinctly the day that I hit six figures for the first time. I was a wedding photographer with a fully booked calendar and I just finished all of my draining bookkeeping when I discovered that alas, I had hit the goal. I was in the shower using the same herbal essence shampoo I always did. And I remember thinking I should feel different than I do right now. I remember waiting for this cinematic moment when music would play and I'd walk into some walk-in closet like Julia Roberts did in Pretty Woman. Where was the fanfare, the office party, those huge letter balloons spelling out some pun of my achievement? But I knew that even if I was surrounded by celebration, my weary insides wouldn't quite match up. Hell, the only reason I even knew I hit that goal was that I was so busy adding receipts into my spreadsheet that I stumbled across a figure that I'd set out to hit. The number that sat on my goals list and made me believe that life would be different when I reached it and that I would feel different. In reality, nothing was different. Like my life didn't instantly change. Why did I think it was going to? 
In fact, if I was really being honest with myself, fully honest, I knew why I wasn't able to revel in that moment. I was exhausted. This just goes to show how similar both success and failure can appear. Sometimes the only way to know which way the pendulum has swung is when you get quiet enough with yourself to answer that question in the first place. I tell you this not to say that money isn't a powerful tool in our lives. It's a means of exchange. And frankly, money rules a lot of parts of our world. I get that. I see that. I understand that. But I also know that a lot of times when people write down their goals, they're writing down the numbers on the page or in that spreadsheet without really thinking about how they want to feel during the year. What good is hitting a numbers goal if you're mentally, physically, spiritually, or emotionally empty or exhausted? Over the years, I focused on running a business that brings me peace. There are entrepreneurs out there who tout bigger is better, and that's the name of their game year after year, but I just don't subscribe to that notion. The other day, I was voice texting my friend Amy Porterfield, and I told her, I just want to simplify. Like, I want to leave space for life to happen, and I realize that I only have this handful of years where my kids will be at home, and I get to be there at home with them. I don't want to work myself to the bone now. I want to be playing with them on the floor in the middle of the day. And I guess I still have managed to not get sucked into the idea that bigger is better. Amy voice texted me back and she said, Jenna, I love that about you. Never change. So as we approach this year, my goal is to pursue a feeling over just a number. Peace over profits. I want to approach each day with excitement and flexibility. I don't want to do business frantically. I want to leave room for family time. I want to launch things when the time feels right. I want to have goals that work into my life, but not to build my life around my goals. And of course, profits will always be the thing that drives a business, the center that literally keeps things running and bills paid and the lights on. But every single business decision I make this year will be framed through a lens of, does this bring me peace or is it only about profits? If it's the latter, we won't be pursuing it. Now, as a three on the Enneagram, the achiever, I recognize this shift in myself. And frankly, I welcome it. I've already done so many things that I never dreamed possible. I've been fortunate to build a business bigger than I could have ever imagined. And my life is so filled with my reality being even better than the things that I prayed for. So when I choose peace, I'm ultimately choosing presence in the moment that I'm in. My friend recently told me that when I'm going through life fully engaged, fully present, I have this ability to fatten a minute, to make a minute feel like an hour or even a day because our presence is truly that powerful. That's the kind of life that I want, especially as a mom. Now, I've never really been a person to make business decisions solely for the sake of profits. I started my business first as a feeble attempt to escape the ladder climb and then pivoted into this space with the intention to teach and serve and lead other women in the entrepreneurial space. And I've built programs and resources, both paid and free, that support that mission. I've certainly tried my best to stay true to what always feels natural to me, but I've also had a few moments where I've taken on opportunities that probably weren't fully aligned with who I am or what I believe, and I've said yes to the wrong things because at the time, it felt really like a sparkly opportunity or a no-brainer way to grow. This year, I honestly don't care how shiny an opportunity feels or who's offering it to me or what the payout is. If it doesn't fuel my peace... 
If it's not fun for my team, it's a no for me. And this might sound like a luxury to some people. It is. It absolutely is a luxury, no doubt. But I also believe that no matter your age or stage in business, you can choose to prioritize your peace with each business decision you make and opportunity you pursue. In saying no to the things that are not perfectly aligned, you're making room for your best yeses that will likely yield even bigger results. In fact, I think that following your peace actually can lead you to more profits down the line as you take on work that's more and more aligned with your purpose, your values, and your passions. Do you love your website? More importantly, is it bringing in new leads and customers? If the answer is not a resounding yes, then you're likely ready for an update. But you don't need to be a coding expert to get a gorgeous, strategically designed website that converts for your business. You just need Tonic Site Shop, the secret behind my website design. Get 15% off at jennacutcher.com slash tonic and use the code Jenna sent me. Before Tonic, I didn't really know what an asset, a great, unique website could be for my business. I didn't know that someone could leave my site feeling like they know me or that it could take them from a casual observer to a raving fan who just had to work with me. If you're tired of being embarrassed by your website or knowing that it should be better, but not having the moolah to actually make it happen, you've got to go check out Jen and Jeff at Tonic. They've created a collection of customizable website templates that are super stunning and wicked easy to update. Save 15% off using the code Jenna sent me at jennacutcher.com slash tonic. I am so thrilled to have smart assets supporting this episode of Gold Digger. I encourage women to build businesses that generate independent wealth. And part of that is thinking about your financial future. It's so important. And people who work with a financial advisor feel more at ease about their finances. They also typically end up with 15% more money to spend in retirement on average. Over half a million people have trusted Smart Asset to help find an advisor. They have built a safe, easy, and convenient tool to find vetted financial advisors in your area. Here's how it works. First, take Smart Asset's short quiz. Within minutes, Smart Asset will match you with three pre-screened fiduciaries, each legally obligated to act in your best interest and willing to do a no-commitment financial consultation. Smart Asset will also send you a free personalized retirement planning guide with actionable advice to help feel confident in your next steps. To receive your free personalized retirement planning report, head to smartasset.com slash gold digger. Your report will provide personalized insights on your retirement readiness. So visit smartasset.com slash gold digger today. So how do you actually focus on this peace over profits ideology? What does this look like in practice? Let me preface this all with saying that I've always operated from a place like this. So some of it is just ingrained in how I move through life and business. But this year, I want to take this to the next level. While I'm an expert in only my own experiences, I'm still a student in what this looks like being lived out. Just as 2020 revealed a lot of truths to us, and hopefully you learned more about yourself through the process, maybe learning the things that you absolutely love or being forced to do the things that you totally hate, I hope that you feel more in touch with what you want for your life. If you want to adopt this idea, the first thing you need to do is get really, really familiar and comfortable with who you are at your core, with what motivates you and what you value. 
at my core, I want to show up for my family first, my husband, my kid or kids. I want my energy to go to them first and my business and audience second. I'm just a small town mom who enjoys family time and loves being able to step away from my laptop in the middle of the day for a jog outside with my husband who wakes her baby up and puts her baby to sleep every single day. I also have this enormous passion for teaching other women how to market their businesses effectively and build what I like to call independent wealth through doing what they love. And I'm just a content creator at heart. I love showing up and sharing what I'm learning so that others can learn alongside of me. Sometimes I feel like I'm just living this double life, but the real magic happens when those things integrate with one another, when those roles become one of the same, when I'm not straddling two different identities. It's like finding a flow state for your life that includes the things you love and treasure the most. Now, beyond all that, I'm also an ex-athlete, so I get a little competitive, which is why I can get totally obsessed with launch strategy and tracking data and looking at numbers. One thing I've learned over the past few years is that our two biggest values are found in our time and our money. And depending on where you're at in your life and what season you find yourself in, one will be more valuable than the other. There are going to be seasons where money is king and you're willing to trade all of your hours in order to make that money. And then there will be times where time is your currency and you'll shell out money to get that back in big or small ways. It's this ebb and flow, but ultimately in the season I find myself in right now, I value my freedom of time more than anything else and the capacity to choose how it is that I want to spend it. There is zero shame in where you find yourself right now. Maybe defining your answers to these questions that I'm about to ask you will help for you to see what your vision for this year holds for you. Ask yourself, what does my perfect day look like? What does success mean to me? What motivates me right now? Is it time or is it money? Why do I wake up every day and do what I do? And what is my compelling vision that I can cling to on the really hard days? If you can get really honest with yourself about these questions, I believe you'll begin to carve out an idea for what it takes to protect those values and ultimately define your peace enough to get to a place where you can protect that peace. It's easy to find yourself in situations where you're really forced to make a decision. It's important you don't judge what you choose in that moment. A belief in yourself that you truly are making the best decision you can in the moment or given the circumstances will serve you better than second guessing every move you make. I know we've all made decisions that we've come to regret, like when a potential new client reaches out and they need bucket loads of work done, and you know it would be a hugely transformational contract for your bottom line. But you can also see that the client, they're a tad pushy. They're not the perfect fit, and they don't respect your expectations and boundaries, even from the first few conversations. Saying no in that circumstance and trusting in your ability to get a better aligned opportunity would be a decision made in honor of peace over profits. When I started out as a photographer, I was the person who would photograph anything that people would hire me to shoot from cats to houses to business headshots for an accounting firm. In that season of life, I needed the money. And so it was worth it for me to say yes to just about any inquiry that landed in my inbox. But once I was able to save up and pay off my student loans, the pendulum swung to focusing on what I really wanted to do. 
I branded myself early on as a wedding photographer only and was able to build a successful career out of only shooting couples in love and letting the rest of it go. Not only did I grow in confidence to use the word no, but people really started to respect that no. And it helped me to specialize and scale in a way that I wouldn't have been able to if I had stayed on the path of just being a yes girl. When I focused and niched down, I got better. Like my skill grew and I became known for that thing, which meant I was able to say yes to the work that I loved and no to everything else. There's a good chance that you're saying yes to things that are taking up your precious time and forcing you to say no to jobs, opportunities, or clients that you'd actually love to do the work with. When you think about your time or energy as being limited and your choice lives in the fact that you get to choose how you spend it, it's important to look at where you are most valuable, where you come most alive, and where you feel most fulfilled. One thing I think is helpful to consider when shifting your focus from profits to peace-driven decisions, especially if you provide a service as a freelancer, is what things do you offer to your clients that you can do, but maybe you shouldn't be doing? And perhaps they provided some income in the past, but they're not necessarily what you like to hang your hat on at the end of the day. For example, Kylie is my podcast manager, and in the past, she's been this Jill of all trades. She was telling me about her freelancing career, doing everything from website design to directing, shooting, and producing big TV commercials. She did voiceover works and so many other forms of content creation in between. And sure, Kylie can do all of these things well, but she dreaded the emails from clients when they asked for video shoots. She started upping her rates because more money made it feel more worth it. But then as she scrambled to deliver a video to a client on a super accelerated timeline, she missed a family event in the process. Suddenly that 50% upcharge wasn't even close to compensating for the stress and the loss of time with her family. Full-scale video production isn't something Kylie offers to her clients anymore, but now she can double down on the projects that she does love. I think too that saying no to these peace training opportunities only leaves us room for us to say our best yeses to the future opportunities that really do fill up our cups and add value to our businesses and lives. I know not everyone's a believer in the law of attraction, which is the theory that like attracts like, but I'm fully on board with it. And I've actually seen and felt its power in my own life. Hear me out. When you're saying no to opportunities that drain you, that don't excite you, that stress you out or leave you feeling depleted, you're creating a standard for yourself to only allow the empowering and uplifting opportunities into your space. If like does attract like, then saying no to the wrong things communicates that you don't want to attract any more opportunities like that, leaving more room for the right opportunities to present themselves to you. It's a philosophy of showing the type of work that you want to do. Like when I was a photographer, we always said, only show the work that you want to shoot. Like if you hate photographing extended families, but your website is filled with examples of them, you're going to keep attracting more shoots just like that. Show the kind of work you want to do. And if you don't have a client willing to pay you for that work yet, start creating it for your future clients. I remember one interview I did with my friend, Laura. She was an invitation designer for brides and she really wanted to design a Harry Potter suite of invitations, but no one had hired her to do it. So she just created the entire suite without having a paying client and shared it everywhere. And guess what? 
Her work with doing that went viral and she found oodles of clients who were aligned with her Hogwarts passion. There's actually scientific evidence to back this idea up. Scientists studying the law of attraction have found that people who visualize a better future are more likely to be able to bring that future into existence. If we start making business decisions only on profit, it's sending a signal that we need to sacrifice our values and even our peace just to make some more money, which means you're operating from a space of lack and fear, only welcoming more fear and more scarcity into your circle. So what does your compelling vision look like for 2021? When I close my eyes, I see myself with a growing belly and a young little cocoa running around, and I see us having fresh air and time outside. I see myself doing the work in between the life and having this vision of waking up and knowing that I have the freedom to choose what deserves my time today. My word for 2020 was presence. I really wanted to stop feeling like when I was parenting, I was thinking about work. And when I was working, I was thinking about parenting. And so I started to dream up this compelling vision. And I want you to start thinking about what that will look like, but not only what it will look like, but what it will feel like for you. I am fully a believer that how we act and the decisions that we make and the thoughts that we have dictate what we attract. If we can hold on to our peace and choose that over just making more money, the money will come. I really, truly believe that. Beyond just acting on feelings or showing the work we want to do, we're also in this mood to optimize. Like I have this huge desire to optimize and strategize. So instead of adding more, creating more, pushing more this year, I'm looking in depth at the numbers from the past few years and letting what's already worked drive my business decisions. It's this focus of optimizing what's already working, like throwing gasoline on an already lit fire, so to speak. I'm taking a list of all the things we've done in recent years and looking not just at the numbers results, but also assessing how much time and energy it took in order to pull those numbers off. Something didn't work or wasn't worth the outcome, I'm ditching it. If it moved the needle and was exciting to do, then I can bring it into my decision-making sphere where I then ask myself if it brings me enough peace to continue pursuing this year too. Think back at your year of client work and projects and obligations and goals. Do you remember how it felt when you were in it? Like in the midst of the work. Were you all in relishing the opportunity to create and produce and thriving off the results of your effort? Or did you find yourself dreading a particular project, dragging your feet to get it done? And a little voice inside of your brain kept asking, why did I agree to do this again? I bet there's a project or a task that comes to mind even now up to a year later that didn't feel special or purpose-driven or even remotely close to something you'd want to repeat again. Not even the pay made it worth it. So often I go back to a method that helps me really process and understand what I'm thinking and feeling and I'll recommend it here too. Open up a journal or a Google Doc and reflect back on your biggest projects of the past year. Just do a brain dump of all the things you did, what you worked on, what you created, launched, proposed, or refined. Take some time to honestly assess and review. What worked? What didn't? How did you feel about it? Now my team actually likes to do this immediately following a launch because we've gleaned so much insight about how these major pushes actually felt versus just what they did for our bottom line. We spend an entire day just pouring our feedback into a document and looking at it from all angles, not just the numbers angle. 
It's a beautiful way to review. And a lot of times as entrepreneurs, we're on to the next thing so fast that we don't ever really pause to ask ourselves, how did that feel? Do I want to do it again? Was it worth it? When the same opportunity or launch comes around again in the next year, we look back at that document and remember little things that we didn't like about the process. And we're careful to not incorporate those little things again. Reflecting on these things immediately after is ideal, but if you haven't done it yet, hope is not lost. Even just taking time today to empty your brain of the thoughts and feelings surrounding your biggest projects of 2020 now can give you this clearer picture of what you should be focusing on in the new year. Take a little inventory, schedule some time to look at the results and assess based on time, energy, effort, and income. Looking at what feels exciting to me and where we can pour fuel on the fire means letting the results from the years past guide our decisions while trusting in our ability to make judgment calls when we're on the timeline that is our plans. This year, I don't want to make any drastic promises or long-term decisions knowing that so much still remains uncertain. While uncertainty can certainly be unsettling, we've ultimately decided to take things quarter by quarter this year, feeling things out as we go, seeing where life is at, and just testing and making sure opportunities and projects feel right above all else. If 2020 taught us anything, it's that we've got to be ready to pivot and we need to be present and listen to the needs of the market while acknowledging the needs of our lives. It's in my best interest to take life and business one quarter at a time right now to still work towards those bigger goals, but to allow for more flexibility if things change suddenly and we need to adjust as we go. I'm realizing more than ever, really, that so much of this next year isn't in our control. And so I want to focus on the things we can control, ways to work smarter and not harder, being sure to focus in on the pursuit of peace and simplicity, and knowing that we may need to adjust work to reflect and fit our family first. Setting up our goals and measuring my success this way feels so freeing. It's not my usual go big or go home mentality that I've sometimes let slip into autopilot. It's not going for the most ambitious, audacious goals. It's not about bigger, better, and pursuing more. It's about pursuing the right things for me right now, and I hope that's possible for you too. It feels good to allow my gut intuition to be in the driver's seat a bit more this year and to let the right opportunities present themselves as they're meant to. I think this new way of protecting my peace within my business decisions will only reap more goodness and more peace in the long run for myself, for my family, for my team, and for my audience, students, and followers. I hope that this little peek behind the curtain of how we're approaching this new year was insightful, and I pray it gives you the permission to turn the volume up on your intuition and drown out some of those voices telling you that you must always be in pursuit of more. Here's to a more peaceful year. Let's do this together. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com. 